Back to the crossover podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is sports time today, as it is week 17 in the National Football League, and I'm flying solo this week. First time ever in the history of the crossover podcast, close to 200 episodes, and this is the first time that I am El Solo. Uh, unfortunately, it has just been way too busy uh, coordinating with the guys and, and me finding time with the schedule just during Christmas. I mean, I'm still working. And it's the holiday season, and everyone's busy. They're just, they're just, we're just so busy, and I didn't want to bother the guys while they were all doing their their various family hanging outs and, and whatnot. So they unfortunately couldn't be here today. They would have liked to have been here today, but it, it just it just didn't happen. So we have we're going to soldier on, and for the first time ever, we are going to do a solo venture. So I'm I'm, I'm going Colin Cowherd today. It's going to be me by myself. Now I'm. Hopefully not going to be doing three hours. I'm going to try to get through this and uh, plow through our, our picks for week sixteen, week 17. Sorry. Oh, good start by me. And, uh, yeah, luckily the guys were able to send me in their picks. So without further ado, why don't we get to it? Picking for week 17. The first game of week 17, the Green Bay Packers are heading to Detroit to take on my Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions are minus six and a half. The Detroit Lions... Uh, this is going to be, I'm hopefully a lot of people are calling for Jim Caldwell's farewell tour. I mean, I guess he's going to be one of the 19 coaches that are apparently getting fired in this off season. I think it's a good idea. I'm for it. It's time. It's time for a culture change in, in Detroit. It's, it's time to get Caldwell out of there and we got, we, we got to get a new guy. So it's, it's. It's just time. It's absolutely time for a new coach, and I'm hoping that uh, Arizona's silly enough to fire Arians and Detroit's able to hire him. But uh, Detroit minus six and a half. Neither of these teams are making the playoffs. I assume they're going to send everybody out there. There hasn't been any kind of talk about the Lions sitting anybody, like sitting Stafford. I don't know why. Sit him. He's been playing with a busted hand pretty much the entire year. So it doesn't make sense to me that I haven't heard anything even this late in the week that Matthew Stafford isn't playing. It upsets me a little bit, but here we are. I mean, Green Bay's not the the, the second Aaron Rodgers was uh, the Packers were down. They shut Aaron Rodgers down, and they probably shouldn't have even played him in that Week 15 game against Carolina because he got beat up a little bit. Um, I'm really disappointed that the Lions no showed that game against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm even more pissed the Bengals actually showed up for that because they're they they quit three weeks ago. They're gonna get slaughtered by Baltimore this week, and yeah just really ticked me off <laughs> that they showed up for that game Drake Kirkpatrick hasn't done anything his entire career shows up for that game locks it down <laughs> so upsetting but you know you get what you deserve anyway and the Lions like they, they with their running game they weren't going to do anything they certainly weren't going to win a playoff game they were going to end up playing the Rams Rams would have murdered them but uh yeah just upsetting it's 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 absolutely Upsetting. I I have this game as as a stay away for me because I mean uh, Brett Hundley I don't think is going to be earning any kind of like this is going to be a Matt Flynn situation where he comes into Detroit and scores six touchdowns and gets a a big contract from some stupid team that doesn't have a quarterback. 
we've seen it happen before, but I like I don't I don't think it's this it's not going to happen again. I don't think. I mean, Brett Hundley might come in and throw four touchdowns, but I don't think he's he's going to be the Packers are going to be able to parlay that into any kind of picks or anything. Yeah, complete stay away from me. Let's check the what are the over unders for these two teams going into the year. I know Detroit Detroit already met theirs. They were seven and a half, so they're 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 already over. Green Bay, they were one of my picks under ten and a half. They can't get there, so so that's good. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, stay away from this game. Really, no reason. Like in week seventeen, you're trying to find the teams that are are trying. That's pretty much it. Next up, Houston's heading to Indianapolis. Indianapolis is minus five and a half. This I'm going to go ahead. Craig's not here. He didn't give me an official. Uh, Scott Hansen game this week, but I'm going to go ahead and say that Colts Texans is the Scott Hansen. Don't show us this game of the week. Looking at every other game and every other game, even the one involving Cleveland in their own 16 bid is <laughs> worth watching because that might happen. But yeah, Colts minus five and a half. Um, I don't even know who's still, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't even know who the starting quarterback is for the Texans in this game. Uh, Man, Hopkins had not yet another crazy catch, catch of the year candidate. We say that pretty much every week with one catch. There's always one catch that we end up calling the catch of the year, but that tip drill to himself in the end zone on the sidelines. Man, that was freaking impressive. Could not believe that. Andrew Luck doesn't need any more surgeries, so that's good. Uh, Colt's got that going for him. I wonder, because obviously they, they're they're in for a total overhaul. My big question going into the next season is, do the Indianapolis Colts hire Jim Harbaugh? Can they pry Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan? I don't think it's completely out of the question. I realize he's got a big contract in Michigan, but who cares? It's the NCAA. They're one of the most corrupt. uh, (laughs) I mean, if if it wasn't for, for FIFA, they'd be the most corrupt organization on the planet, I think. So who knows? There's easily they'll find some way to get him to get him out of the uh, to potentially get Harbaugh. It's good that Luck doesn't need any more surgeries. If Luck's healthy, I, I think that the Colts' job is probably the most enticing of the teams that are are going to be firing their coaches. I think the two most enticing jobs are the Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions, specifically because they have a quarterback who can play. Wouldn't you like to see Bruce Arians in in Detroit? I know I would. See what he what he can do with a quarterback that actually has an arm attached to a, to his body. It's ridiculous. Uh, stay away from this game because both of these two teams are crappy and uh, they they don't have anything to play for. If you were one of those compulsive types who just has to gamble, I I don't know. Colts maybe minus five and a half. Vegas zone. Houston pretty much quit. I don't see them going into Indianapolis and getting a win even with all this crap that's going on. Next up, the Chicago Bears are heading to Minnesota to take on Bills. And if he was here, I would say his boys. The Minnesota Vikings, boy, they're killing teams right now. Second favorite right now overall to win the Super Bowl. I think it's them, odds-wise anyway. It's them and the Patriots. That's the the Super Bowl everyone's hoping for, or everyone thinks we're going to get. Not necessarily hoping for. I don't think a lot of people want to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But here we are. Vikings are giving minus 11.5 to the Chicago Bears. Uh, I believe the Vikings can still catch Philadelphia. I'm not exactly sure about that. I'm pretty sure they can. That's probably why I'm I'm guessing by the fact that the line is 11.5 that they're 
that they're going to try because they can still catch Philly. Philly's not even favored this week at home against Dallas, who absolutely looked just lost a game to the Seattle Seahawks, but the Seahawks had more penalty yardage than points. It's ridiculous. Not even sure how you do that. I mean, I just I hate to keep harping on this, but that's something the Detroit Lions could never do. The Detroit Lions could never win a football game. They give up more penalties than than have actual yards from scrimmage. It's ridiculous. Um Lay the points with the Vikings here. It's been like that all year. Bill and I talked about it last week. The gambling axioms don't seem to be working this year. Whether or not this is just a trend, I think. I, I whether or not this is the new trend or just a thing. Um, I think. I think this is just a one-year blip. Just weird. Just think all the 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 injuries that have happened this year, and it's just it's just been an entire entirely strange year. Normally, I'd say take the take the Bears. Bears have been pretty good against the spread this year. Eight, six, and one. They've been the dar. They've been the crappy. T- they're they've been the gambling darling team this year. I think the Chicago Bears, the crappy team that that covers a bunch of games. Bears are five and a half over under at the beginning of the year. So uh, this is a big game for the Bears if they can. If you if you took the over on the Chicago Bears, you need a win here. I don't think they're going to get it. I think you would have to hope that Philadelphia gets up massive against Dallas, and then Minnesota pulls out of their guys. Don't think that'll happen. Wouldn't count on that. So. I'm still laying the points here with Minnesota. Minnesota easily over the preseason win total, which was eight and a half. Next up, Jets in New England. Pretty decent little game here. Well, not really decent, but it's fun gambling-wise. New England minus 15 and a half. The old gambling axiom here is take the Jets plus 15 and a half, but then you also have the, the added gambling rule of never going against the Patriots. I'm probably going to disregard this one this week and, and easily, easily take the uh, the 15 and a half. Um, New England's been blowing teams out recently, but, I mean, the Jets, Todd Bowles last week started the game with an onside kick that they recovered. Wish more teams to do that. Like, if you're the Jets, you've got nothing to lose. Like, if you're teams like the Jets, I don't understand why you don't do stupid crap like that. Or not not stupid crap, but risky crap. Makes sense. Play it like it's Madden. Don't like don't punt on fourth down. Who cares? You're out of the playoffs. Try to do crazy crap. Doesn't make sense to me that like when you're out of the playoffs you punt. I mean maybe you're worried about getting fired, but who cares? Todd Bowles, they just extended him. That was smart. My brother who's a Jets fan, we were uh, we were talking over the Christmas holidays. His biggest fear was that they would cut the Jets or that they would cut Todd Bowles. Fire him. S- so dumb. Todd Bowles, like think of how how, how crappy that Jets wa- roster was at the beginning of the year. Their preseason win total was four and a half. Some books, it was three and a half. They exceeded that easily. They had a winning record at, at a certain point of this year. I think they were three and two. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure they were three and two. It was ridiculous. Todd Bowles absolutely turned chicken shit into chicken salad with this, with this Jets roster, this patchwork Jets roster. Imagine if they actually get some blood in there. Be madness. I like the Jets to cover the fifteen and a half. So let's let's that's my official recommendation on that one. Next up, Washington is taking on the New York Giants. This I think was the runner up for the official Scott Hansen game of the week. Didn't end up that way. Really interested to see what the Giants are. That that's another place where for Jim Harbaugh can end up going. 
Giants just fired a bunch of guys. Washington minus three on the road with the Giants. Washington's over-under win total was seven and a half. And they have seven. So this is a big game if you bet on the Washington Redskins. Oh, God, I said it. God dang it. We almost had a perfect year. I blew it in week 17. Ridiculous. Ugh. Boy, the boys are really going to hurt me for that one. Oh, they're going to get on me for that one. That's so bad. Washington minus seven and a, or was seven and a half over under win total. They got seven. They're on the road against a really bad Giants team. The New York Giants, probably the most disappointing preseason win total. They were nine beginning of the season. They're not even close to that easiest sweat. I, them and and if you had the them and the Browns under, those are the two easiest uh, one the easiest bets over under bets this year. I think. Absolutely crazy. What a mess they've been. What a mess they have been. Absolutely crazy. Giants. I I, I weird to say what's gonna go on here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I have this as a stay away, but I think th- this is the this is the thing again. If you're if you're gonna go with the if you're gonna flip the old gambling rules that we used to have, you take the Giants here, or you take Washington. Normally, you take the Giants. They're 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 the home dog, but this year it just those rules just haven't worked out. So I think you just go ahead and take Washington. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys are heading to Philadelphia. This is a big game. Dallas Cowboys heading to Philadelphia. Dallas is getting minus two and a half points. Just think about how insane that is in Week 17. Philadelphia, who have something to play for because they got to stay. What they need one more win to clinch home field throughout the playoffs. Philadelphia easily over their win total. They got 13 wins. They were eight and a half at the beginning of the season. Dallas was eight. They're at eight wins and they're at nine and a half. So Dallas is already locked into the under. Nothing there gambling wise. Jason Garrett's going to be back next year. That's going to be pretty hilarious. The Clapper nickname, I think, is one of my new favorite things that has, that has gone on this year. It's absolutely, it's, couldn't be more true. Guy doesn't know how to coach a football team. The Des Bryant thing was pretty funny. The hissy fit. Like, if you're a Des Bryant hater, boy, did you love that. Boy, were you having a good time at 4.30, I believe it was, last week. For those that didn't see it, Des Bryant didn't get thrown a pass during the first two Cowboys series. And since it's Fox, they cut to him on the sidelines. And he's yelling, screaming, ranting, and raving, throwing a hissy fit on the sidelines, yelling at everybody who will listen. Dak Prescott has to come over, tell him to calm down. The offensive coordinator has to tell him to calm down, who he laid into the most, presumably because he wasn't getting the ball enough. Absolute hissy fit. Next series, what do they do? First play, throw him an easy route. Tries to make a move, drops it. Fumbles the ball. Seahawks recover. <laughs> one of the many, one of the many reasons. What does he do later? Pretty much throws an interception. He has a couple catches later on in the next next series. But Dallas is driving. They lost the game by what was it three in we in in week sixteen. No, nah, they lost by nine. But it was it, it could have easily been been closer than that. Like I said, like I mentioned earlier, Seattle had had. 
more penalty yardage than they did actual yardage. Des Bryant throws a get, gets thrown an easy pass over the middle from from Dak Prescott. Nobody around him for miles. Bangs off his hands, goes ten feet in the air, picked off. Des Bryant two two turnovers that were that were his fault. I don't think Des Bryant is cooked, but I think the days of Des Bryant super wide receiver are over. And if if Des Bryant was listening to this podcast, which I know he's not, I would offer him the advice of probably sitting down and shutting his mouth on the sidelines. I think he's a damn good football player still. But the hissy fit Terrell Owens act is Terrell Owens esque act, I guess, is just it's it's done. I thought the shots of him on the sideline after he he bitched at everybody and then fumbled the ball immediately when they gave it to him. And then him just looking skyward. Just despondent on the bench were pretty freaking hilarious. Yeah, just just stop it, Des. Go back out there next year with Jason Garrett and, and learn how to, like learn how to clap like he does. Uh Philly had that weird cover last week. Second like second or third of those that have happened on on with the ESPN crew. Remember it happened in a Chiefs game earlier this year. It was eight and a half somewhere. They ended up going to it was it was somewhere between eight and a half and ten, depending on what time of the week and when you got it. And they didn't kick the extra point. Oh god. Pretty 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 hilarious. Dallas minus two and a half. Uh Again, same thing with Washington Giants. If you're ignoring the gambling rules, you just—I know the public is going to be on Dallas. I think in this one, I think Dallas will come out in this one. Like it's just a classic Dallas scenario where Jason Garrett will come out, blow out Philadelphia, and then keep his job. He'll be clapping on the sidelines, and Dallas will probably win in Philadelphia by two touchdowns. Nick Foles looked bad. Defended him last week in the podcast. Uh, regret that instantly. Dallas minus two and a half. Go ahead and take. Uh, go ahead and take Dallas. Next up, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, man. Last game of the 1 o'clock slate. The Cleveland Browns are heading to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is minus 6. I believe this line was a lot higher in the week. That would suggest to me that maybe Pittsburgh is thinking about sitting there, guys. They've had some some turmoil. They cut James Harrison this week, who immediately signed with the Patriots. What a a classic scumbag move by the Patriots, who think that they're going to be meeting the Steelers in the AFC championship game. Patriots have done this before a team that they like a team that they're about to play or that they think they're about to play. They'll scoop up a guy, ask him what's what James Harrison's not going to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not significant plays. Anyway, they only brought him in to be like, Hey, what's Mike Tomlin got up his sleeve. You know, anything, anything you can tell us any inside scoops. My dream is that James Harrison? This would be funny. I think this would be funny. See if you can stay with me on this one. I think I think it would be hilarious if James Harrison was a complete mole, and they were really running a drag on Bill Belichick, who just couldn't help himself when the 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 Steelers cut one of the iconic guys and Pouncey this week. Basically, told him he disgraced his legacy. What a great acting job this would all be. Now, I don't believe this, but what a great acting job this would all be if if, if that was what happened. 
where the, the Pittsburgh Steelers purposely cut James Harrison knowing the Patriots would go after him. And then James Harrison could, I don't know, slip Tom Brady a laxative before the AFC title game or something like that. That's the world I want to live in. I don't think it will be, obviously, but it's fun to dream. The Cleveland Browns and their quest for 0-16. They've been on it all year, and this is the the natural finishing point of the quest for 0-16. This is why I think the Steelers minus 6 right now is a steal. Cleveland hasn't been covering. Pittsburgh, it's a divisional matchup. They're at home. They don't want to be the team that lost to the Cleveland Browns and stopped the 0-16 season. I don't think. I don't think I, I mean, maybe you forget. I certainly didn't forget when the Browns were charging for 0-16 last year that the San Diego Chargers at the time were the one who lost. But here we are with Cleveland. And if they were to get this 0-16 skid, which I think they will, the question then becomes, which team is the worst team in the history of the National Football League? The potential 0-16 2017 Cleveland Browns or my beloved Detroit Lions who back in 2007-2008 went 0-16. Here's what I'll say. I don't know if this is the deciding factor, but here's what I'll say about this. The 2008 Detroit Lions were 7-9 against the spread, gambling-wise. And they were actually favored in week one versus the Falcons. They lost that game by three. The Cleveland Browns, 2017, are 3-12 against the spread. So the gambling, like just based on, on, on very straightforward stats, that would tell you that if these Pittsburgh Steelers do indeed win this weekend, that this current team, this current Cleveland Browns team we are watching would be statistically the worst team in the history of the National Football League. Because of that, you cannot make this the Scott Hansen game of the week. What's the best game of the 1 o'clock slate? It's Dallas-Philly, I guess. Certainly the most intriguing going in. 4 o'clock slate. Probably the best game of the week right here. Carolina at Atlanta. This line's gone down a little bit. It was initially Atlanta minus 4. And now it's Carolina Or now it's Atlanta minus three and a half, sorry. So they've dropped half a point. Um, Atlanta has been a, a bit of a zigzag team for me last the, all year. I've I've kind of avoided them. They've been they've been really strange with a lot of their they just can't get any consistency. They're although it's hilarious because there's a chance they could still win the Super Bowl. The Atlanta Falcons. Let's take a look at what the the Atlanta Falcons are nine and six. Their over under was nine and a half. So big game if you had the you're paying attention to this one. If you had Atlanta at the beginning of the year, pretty sure I recommended the under on them. They weren't one of my five picks, but pretty sure I recommended the under on them. Pretty hard at the beginning of the year thinking they were in for a Super Bowl hangover. They have had a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, but hasn't been quite what I thought it would be. They just haven't been good. Kyle Shanahan probably deserves more credit considering he's basically resurrected San Francisco ever since they got the Jimmy G. Pat's fans hilariously claiming 
credit for Jimmy G. That's going to be we're, we're, we'll we'll all be able to laugh about that for many years to come. Mark my words on that one. Carolina's already got a playoff spot, but I believe they can move up, so they got to try in this one. So I believe that Vegas initially hung what I think is a bad line. I think especially if you were able to get into it early like I did earlier this week when it was Carolina plus four. I still like plus three and a half. I think Carolina's going to outright win this game. But Carolina plus four, I think, is the way to go here. Panthers over under at the beginning of the season was nine. They're easily over that with 11. Next up, the Cincinnati Bengals, who ended the Detroit Lions. My beloved Detroit Lions ended their playoff hopes last week. Are heading to Baltimore. And Baltimore is getting 9.5 points. I have this as, if, if you're a big Simpsons fan, I have this as my lock of the week. The Baltimore Ravens are going to easily cover this 9.5 at home. I never, used to never do this. But... I would I, I didn't like laying high lines, but I am laying uh, the nine and a half with the Baltimore Ravens. I can tell you that right now. The Cincinnati Bengals, who looked cooked for the three weeks prior to the Lions game, looked like they just wanted to go home. Showed up week sixteen to beat the Lions and end their chances at a playoff. They will immediately, I've seen this before, they will immediately go right back to that Cook team. And this is a division matchup. One would think, I mean, I'm pretty sure the gamblers think a couple of the guys on, on at the, we'll get to the picks at the end of the show as we always do. A couple of guys like Cincinnati plus the nine and a half. I like Baltimore. I think they're vastly superior to Cincinnati. And I think we're going to see the Cincinnati of three weeks prior where they just give up. I think Baltimore will come out and smack them in the mouth. And then Cincinnati will just want to go home. Detroit can't do that. Detroit can't come out and smack you in the mouth. Baltimore can. That was why Cincinnati was able to stick around last week. That and Detroit's poorly coached. But I still like Baltimore in this spot. Minus the 9.5. They're going to be one of my five. Next up, the Buffalo Bills are heading to Miami. Miami is getting two and a half. This is another one, if you want to believe in the old gambling rules, you take Miami here plus the two and a half. I think I'm going to do that. But I'm not going to do it because of the old gambling rules. I'm going to do it because the Buffalo Bills need to win this game and get help to get a playoff spot. This Miami team has been so weirdly zigzagged the entire year. And I am going to tentatively trust them this week with two and a half points. Because isn't the Buffalo Bills just losing losing this game? And it, it, like it, it's just so Buffalo, longest longest drought playoff drought in North American professional sports belongs to them. I think it continues this year. I think they gack off this game, and Bills Mafia spends the off season wondering about the the time they started Nathan Peterman for no reason at all. I don't think they would have won that game uh, regardless. But that was certainly the game that kick-started the, the Chargers' little run. Bills easily over the 6.5. Over that they had at the beginning of the year. 
Miami Dolphins, chance to get some of your money back if they win this game. They're 6-9. and nine. They're over-under at the beginning of the year was 7. That was one Craig and I highly recommended, I think, at the or at least Craig did. I don't know. I, pro- I certainly would have been on the same side of him. Don't know if I, str- I recommended it as strongly as him. We thought they were going to be way better than 7 wins. They weren't one of my five at the beginning of the year. Three and one on the, uh, if you were listening to me at the beginning of the season. We got one more left. Looking for a push, though, unfortunately, with, with the Cardinals. I also recommended T.Y. Hilton under 1,300 yards. That's going to go, unless he shatters the record for receiving yards in a game. I think he needs around 350. I also highly recommended the prop bet of Eddie Lacy under 800 yards. That's been locked up since about week three. Miami's and Jay Cutler, they're a bunch of choke artists, but let's go let's go with the plus two and a half here. That's what I'm gonna do. Next up, New Orleans is heading to Tampa Bay. And New Orleans is laying points on the road. Minus six and a half. This is again, I can't can't stress this enough. If this is an old gambling axiom, you take Tampa Bay here in this spot. Divisional matchup, home dog, New Orleans outside, ready to give a game away. A lot of people are going to be on New Orleans. I am going to stay away from this game, but I'm going to suggest that if you gamble on this game, don't take New Orleans. It's just sitting there. Congratulations to Drew Brees, over 7,000 career yards. Marshawn Lattimore with a hilarious butt pick where the ball landed on his ass and just stayed there for like five seconds long enough for four people to come around and then him to grab it. Pretty hilarious. Tampa's atrocious though. Dirk Cutter's another guy that's going to be fired. That job's enticing on paper, but I think Jam- I like I was dead wrong on Jameis Winston coming in. I, be- I I believed in him coming in, but he has turned out to be trash. New Orleans easily over there. Eight. The over under for the New Orleans Saints at the beginning of the year was eight. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Tampa way under eight and a half, so nothing to worry about there. Jacksonville's heading to Tennessee. Tennessee's given up three points. Tennessee, I believe, needs to win in order to get into the playoffs. Jacksonville, I believe, are locked into the three. Yes, looking at it right now, they are locked into the three. They cannot win or... Winning or losing does not matter for them. They are locked into the three. This is a very good chance they end up playing tennis. This is a repeat game next week. It'll be Jacksonville, come, like Tennessee going to Jacksonville next week. So I think the play here is you lay the points with Tennessee. Because they got something to play for. They still, I, th- I believe they still need to win to get into the playoffs. Jacksonville's got nothing to play for. I mean, maybe you talk yourself into Jacksonville wants to bury a division rival, keep them out of the playoffs. But I I can't see Jacksonville staring down the barrel of potentially playing this team next week and wanting to go out and use every trick in the book that they've got. Especially with, you know, you don't want guys to get injured. So, Tennessee can get in if they win. 
or if the Bills or Chargers lose, they're they're in. And there's a very good chance the Bills could lose in Miami. So if you're Jacksonville, even like if if you pull out all the stops and win this game, you still might see Tennessee in a week. So you probably come out in the first quarter, see what you got, and then if Tennessee jumps out to the lead or anything like that, you you probably pack it in. I'm worried about the pack in on this for Jacksonville, so so I recommend taking Tennessee. I recommend laying the points with Tennessee. That's what I would do. Next up, Kansas City's heading to Denver. Kansas City's locked into the four, same as Jacksonville. Denver is getting three points here. Boy, that clip of Brock Osweiler trying to pull a Tom Brady and yell at everybody on the sidelines was funny. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you check that out on YouTube. Brock Osweiler tries to pull a Tom Brady and, and fire up all his team by yelling at him, and no, not a single person on the Denver Broncos sideline is looking to is is listening to Brock Osweiler. It it absolutely comical him walking around. I assume Kansas City, based on this line, same as the Tennessee line, maybe lay, I I think I would recommend laying the points with Denver here. Even though Brock Osweiler is probably starting this game. Same thing, Kansas City, I don't think rest their guys. Division matchup, but they're locked into the four, so they're they're I don't I don't think you want to let anybody on Denver who who have guys who habitually snatch chains. I don't think you wanna risk any of your guys getting hurt, potentially. No word on whether Kansas City's sitting there, guys, at least not from what I'm seeing. The same cannot be said for the next team, the Los Angeles Rams, who are hosting Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers, who are on a, a, a roll. The Rams have already said that they're not starting anybody. That's why San Francisco is favored by minus three and a half on the road. Jimmy Garoppolo is fantastic. He's an absolutely fantastic quarterback. It is going to be really great when the New England Tom Brady finally retires and the New England Patriots have a mediocre quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo will probably be a future top five. Maybe best, who knows? A few guys are on their way out. Jimmy Garoppolo could end up being the the best quarterback in the league at some point. That'd be pretty hilarious. That's a world I want to live in. San Francisco is minus three and a half. You lay the points of San Francisco here because the Rams have already said they're not playing any of their guys. Which means they're barely going to be calling plays on the sidelines. The old gambling rules here would be that regardless of the situation, you take the Rams because they're a short home dog. But I, I'm not, not against Jimmy G. Not for me. Maybe we have a new rule where you, you don't bet against Jimmy Garoppolo, much like it used to be with the Patriots. Anything to worry about here? San Francisco was five, so they're over. Well, they've, they've pushed. Chance to get over with a win here. Pretty hilarious. Who would have thought that was going to happen if you had the Niners over, which I think Craig and I recommended at the beginning of the year because we thought they'd be a lot better. Rams easily over. Six wins. They're at to 11. <laughs> One of the easiest overs of the year. The Los Angeles Rams. Next up, Oakland is heading to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. The Chargers need to win this game. 
in order to get in and I really want to see this Chargers team. This is the game I'm, I'm going to be most glued to, I think, in the 4 o'clock set. Besides the Panthers and the Falcons. I want this Chargers team in the playoffs. I think they've got a really good chance at knocking somebody off. That's why I want them there. They're laying seven at home right now to Oakland, who had all that nonsense happen last week. It's absolutely insane. I mentioned it earlier. It was the weird, weird cover. The defensive touchdown against against Philadelphia. Could happen again here this week. Chargers delay at seven. Uh, I think you lay the seven with the Chargers. I'd be really upset if Oakland showed up for this one. I didn't think they'd show up last week against Philadelphia. And I'm not sure if it was how much of it was Oakland showed up and how much of it was Nick Foles sucked the life out of everybody in Philadelphia. Who knows? Either way, I am laying the points with the Chargers here. They're not going to be one of my five picks, but if I'm gambling, I'm laying the points with the Chargers here. I've been banned from betting the Chargers on this podcast, so I won't. I hope I just didn't jinx them because I want this team in the playoffs. They got the over there for me, despite being 0-4 and 1-5 and at one point. They beat the Jets last week, got the over. I recommended the overhead. Sweat it out a little bit, but you got there if you listened to me. You are probably cursing my name in week 1 through 8. But here we are. We got there with the Chargers. Speaking of a team we need to get there with, the Arizona Cardinals, whose over-under was one of my five at the beginning of the year. And it was eight. And they've got seven wins. So we need them to get this win and get that push, get, get some of our money. Arizona's heading to Seattle who has mentioned several times in this pod, more penalty yardage than actual yardage last week. Don't think that'll happen again this week. Seattle is laying nine points. Seattle can get in the playoffs here, so they're going to be trying. Is Bruce Arians really out for Arizona? I was reading it all week. Like there was a report that they were going to fire him and then that turned out to not be true and then there was talk they were going to coach him into retirement so who knows crazy i think they're i i i think they'd be insane to let bruce arians go we've all seen that list of of quarterbacks larry fitzgerald has caught touchdown passes to bruce arians had to coach most of them i don't understand larry fitzgerald's weird obsession with Staying in Arizona. I'm sure it's a lovely city. Never been there myself. KB, who's come on this podcast, has a bunch of times. Says it's fantastic. That's all I've got to go on. But Larry Fitzgerald, who I believe is on the post-Jerry Rice Mount Rushmore and had had the toughest gig of the rest of the guys, just based on the numbers. Kurt Warner passed through his life like a comet. For one season, two seasons, and then that was it. Other than it's been John Skelton and the like. 
Carson Palmer's done. They need a new quarterback. Where were they on Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> Man, imagine if Arizona Bruce Arians had Jimmy Garoppolo. They were going forward. Mm. That's that's the world I wish I lived in. I think you lay the nine with Seattle here. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I think this is a divisional matchup, and Bruce Arians might be on his way out. Maybe this is him coaching for his life. I think the Arizona Cardinals at least cover. I don't think they win, but I think they cover. I'm going to be rooting for the win because I need it gambling-wise for the over. But I just don't see the Cardinals winning this game. I would gladly have Bruce Arians in Detroit. Oh, I would love to see Bruce Arians in Detroit. He wouldn't have to worry about kickers holding them back in Detroit, I wouldn't think, with Matt Prater there. How many games did have Carolina lost over the field? Not so much this year, but last year with Chandler Cantonazaro. Oof. Madness. I tell you, I can't wait for the Super Bowl to be decided by one of them non-catch rules this year. That's been happening for four weeks in a row. Kelvin Benjamin last week. Get ready for that moment. I don't know if it'll happen in the Super Bowl, but I, I guarantee you at least one play. Like every team in the, that, the fan bases of every team that make the playoffs, I want you to mentally prepare yourself for the fact that I am predicting because it's the only way we're going to get these catch rules finally sorted out, is one of the playoff teams this season is going to have to lose a game because of this ridiculous, you have to catch the ball, land on the ground, not have it moved, and then you got to take it home and put it in a trophy case before we can call it a touchdown. BS that is going on right now. So get ready for that if you're a playoff team. Best game of the 4 o'clock slate, easily Carolina-Atlanta. Keep your eyes glued to that one. What would the Scott Hansen game for 4 o'clock be if we had one? I guess it would probably have to be Buffalo-Miami with a potential for Jacksonville-Tennessee because Tennessee's been just awful this year. Actually, you know what? I'm looking at it now, and no disrespect to Craig Needles, but if Kansas City were to pull all their guys, I think them and Denver is the, would be the 4 o'clock Scott Hansen game. I have no desire to watch the Denver Broncos play football right now. Who wants to watch Brock Osweiler, other than when he, people ignore him on the sidelines yelling at his teammates? Hilarious. <laughs> God. All right. So here we go. That's it for Week 17. Much quicker than usual. By myself, I'm surprised I was able to go as long as I was. I'm in dead last. I've had an awful year with my picks, except for my prop picks. The T.Y. Hilton one was great. Uh, Friends of the show, first place, 46-31-3, trying to close out a first place season. And for their first time, uh, we've done we've done friends of the show picks. This is the first time we've kept track of them wire to wire. They're looking for a first place finish. Three ahead of Bill, so two wins, two correct predictions from the friends of the show, and they can at least they they, they can do no worse than a tie. And three, they bring it home. The friends of the show picks are coming from all the way out in San Francisco, California. If you've listened to a lot of the nerd stuff on the pod, you know Rob Callflesh. This is his brother, Richard. Works out in San Francisco for a computer company that 
I'm not going to name. Although if they want to sponsor us, that'd be great. Very famous fruit company down there. He's taking Seattle minus the nine. I should mention that the Seattle line has dropped a little bit. It was it was initially Seattle nine and a half, and I think I saw it at ten some places. So there's been some money coming in on Arizona. He's trusting Jacksonville to to come out and actually play their guys and give a bleep in this Tennessee game. He's taking Tennessee plus the three. He initially in the week took the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, when he messaged me these picks, the Pittsburgh Steelers were minus 11. So that the Steelers have dropped five points pretty much during this podcast because they have announced a couple minutes ago that they're going to rely heavily on backups against the Browns. That upsets me, obviously, because I need Cleveland to go 0-16 so that the Detroit Lions are no longer the worst team in the history of the game. So he's going to take Pitt minus the 6. I'm going to lower him down. He initially gave me the 11 thinking they were going to play. So I'm going to lower them down to at least the six. Not going to screw them like that. Not going to screw the friends of the show picks. Don't think that would be nice. He's going to take Carolina. He agrees with me there that Carolina is going to show up and, and just go after Atlanta. And he's going to take the Chargers. Chargers at the beginning of the week were also eight, and they're now down to seven. I forgot to mention that earlier. So, I mean, some money's come in on Oakland, plus eight. Bill, 43-34-3, trying to steal a first-place finish with a really good week. He is taking the Giants. He's he's taking, he's handling the old gambling rules, and he's going to take the Giants as the home dog in a potential Eli, Eli farewell game. I don't think so. I think Eli will be back next year. He's going to take Carolina plus the four. Now down to three and a half, but I'm going to give him the four. He is also taking the Chargers. He's going to take the Los Angeles Rams. This is an odd pick to me. I don't know why he did this. Maybe he wasn't paying attention and and doesn't realize that they're sitting all their guys. But he's taking the Los Angeles Rams plus the three and a half. He'd probably like to have that one back. Maybe I'll let him have it back. And then we'll tweet out what his real answer is. Because that just seems wrong to me. And his final pick, he's going to take Buffalo minus the two and a half. Craig, who's in third, 35, 38, and seven, looking for a good week to get over 507 pushes from him this year. Crazy. He's going to take the Jets plus the 15 and a half, relying on old gambling axioms. Continuing that trend, he's going to take Cincinnati plus the nine and a half. He is taking New Orleans minus the eight. He or minus the six and a half, sorry. So he's just banking on Tampa to give up and New Orleans is just gonna come in and crush them. I, I believe I think that's a mistake. I'm gonna be honest. I just think this is a spot where like New Orleans will probably still win. I just think it'll be close. Tampa's terrible, but outdoor, Drew Brees. 
weird, just a weird spot. Feels like a trap game to me for New Orleans. He's also laying the two and a half with Buffalo. Craig, on the other hand, unlike Bill, has done research and realized that the uh, Rams are sitting all their guys, so he's laying the points with San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. Last up, certainly least, last and certainly least, myself, 32, 44, and 4. God, what a terrible year. Been decent with the props this year. I'm taking Miami plus the 2.5 at home. I'm going to lay the points with Baltimore. I said I was going to do that. I'm going to do it again. I, I don't think Cincinnati shows up this week. I think they, they mock all of the Lions fans by just laying an egg this week. One good game in five weeks for them, and they did crush Detroit's playoff hopes. I'm going to lay the points with Tennessee. I think Tennessee wants to win this game. They need to win this game to get in the playoffs. You don't want to rely on the Chargers losing to Oakland to get in. So I think they they pull out all the stops and then Jacksonville tries for real when they have to play them next week, hopefully, because I think that'd be hilarious if they had to play back-to-back weeks. But I'm going to lay the points with Tennessee now. I'm going to be the third person on this podcast to take Carolina plus the four. And my final pick, I am going to take the Jets plus the 15 and a half. I just think it's it's too high. Although you're not supposed to bet against the Patriots, but who knows. But I could see Belichick doing that thing where... Although they gotta, they have to win in order to lock it up, don't they? Eh, maybe they don't. It's so weird. I'm weird with the tie breaks. I assume they do if they're favored by 15 and a half that they'll be trying. But I can see Belichick getting out to a lead and then taking all of his guys out because he doesn't want him to get hurt and the Jets backdoor cover this. That's why I like the Jets. Plus 15 and a half. So that's it. Wasn't too bad with me, I think, by myself on this pod. Surprised I went as long as I did. Um, want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. This will be the last one of 2017 for the crossover podcast, unless we decide to do some random thing over the weekend, which I don't think will happen because I'm super busy. So for those of you who listen this year, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We hope you continue listening in 2018. The next time you hear us, we will likely be talking wildcard weekend. Craig and Bill will probably be back on. So you'll have other people to listen to instead of just me prattling on like this. Crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast and soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast. Thanks to everyone who did our friends of the show picks this week, this year. People coming in from all over the world, San Francisco, Australia, Europe, bunch of places in the States, bunch of places across Canada, West Coast and East Coast. Thank you very much. We're going to do it again next year. Friends of the show picks might be defending the title next year, depending on how it goes down, unless Bill can steal the title in, in week 17. is the only one with a shot at it. But thanks again putting an end to 2017, which hasn't been a great year overall. Hopefully it gets better next year. But, uh, yeah. Take care, everybody. And we'll talk to you next year in 2018. Crossover.